Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nobody Told Me About podcast, in which I'm discussing all things adulthood. Um, it's going to be a really good episode today. Um, brought in a really special guest and um, added my co-host, Kation, here. So, um, you know, we're going to get started in true higher ed fashion with some introductions. So, Kation, Jarrell, I'll turn it over to y'all to kind of introduce yourselves to the audience for those who may not know y'all and y'all place of employments, and then I'll follow suit. Word, so I can go. My name is Kation Morrell. I'm an assistant director for housing and residence life at Elizabethtown College. Um, I've known James since my R. Stockton days in undergrad and also Rowan University for graduate school. Um, I'm definitely still trying to go on the higher ed path, but, you know, looking to expand my horizons. So if y'all know anybody, shoot me an email. <laughs> Bill Gates, where you at? Where you at? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll go. I'm Jarrell McRae. I am the assistant director of orientation programs at the University of Michigan. Um, yeah, so I, I do all of the, the cool things um, for new students that come to the university. Um, I guess I met James in our previous life uh, at UNR, University of Nevada, Reno. Um, he was only one of the few black men in our division. So, yeah, we just kind of stuck around uh, as we kind of both navigated out of Reno. But glad to be here. Heavy on navigated out of Reno. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, it's so, so heavy. Um, another thing, too, Jarrah, I don't know if you want to plug your podcast as well, but I give you the chance to do that, too. I mean, right now, <laughs> I know that we, um, we're talking about, I guess, happiness, but like I was going through something, so I paused for a second. <laughs> um, but I have a podcast called Guys Talk To. Um, it basically is a podcast dedicated to me um, kind of rediscovering myself and my journey through my 30s and what that looks like um, and the many intersectionalities that I possess um, as far as like my sexuality, um, my gender, my race, um, ethnicity. Um, but yeah, you can kind of check it out um, on anywhere you stream podcasts. So Apple, iPod, wait, Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, Google Play, all the good stuff. Um, it's called Guys Talk To. Guys Talk To Podcast. We love it. Thanks, Jarrell. So let's get started in true higher ed fashion with some icebreaker questions here. So first question is more of a, of a fun one. Um, if you had a million dollars, right, what would be the first thing that you'll buy? Not, you know, not everything, but the first thing. I've thought about this question a lot, um, so I'll start off. If I had a million dollars, the first thing I would buy is a house or maybe three houses, a beach house where like I could vacation in a regular house. You know, it doesn't have to be anything special, but something where I can just chill at. And then a house that just builds equity. So like, you know, having people stay there, rent it out, all that stuff. The rest of the money, I'm paying off my debt. So that that's just the number one thing. What about y'all? Can I cuss on here? Yeah, you could. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, man, fuck all of that. I'm not, no. The first thing I'm doing is buying a plane ticket. I'm getting the hell out of here. Um, I need to go on my world tour, uh, and I'm going to go as many countries as possible. Um, that is the first thing I'm doing. And then when I get back from my world tour, then I'll worry about where the hell I'm going to live. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. How that's long that world tour going to take? 
as long as I fucking need to. With a million dollars, I can make that last at least two years if, if need be. Um, I mean, shoot, imagine, like, we've been adults for how long? Like, give me two years where I ain't got to do nothing. I mean, I can make a million dollars last two years. Hmm. All right, so I guess it's my turn. I guess my answer is a mix of those two. Um, for me, instead of buying myself a home immediately, I would definitely buy my mother a home just because like, that's like one of the main goals this life is to make sure that my mom is taken care of. Um, and you know, my sister can have a little house too. That's like the joke I always say. I can get my, my sister a little something too <laughs> on the side of that. Um, but then for myself, I might establish some kind of HQ somewhere, but more towards the Jarrell's answer. I'm definitely taking my own little world tour. Um, that'd be pretty cool. I think the first place I'm trying to check out is Spain. Um, and just trying to cross the Atlantic because I never I've never crossed the ocean before. So that's what I would do. And then maybe take a little bit of that, put it on black at the casino, and then Bing. make a million, two million. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Bet it all. <laughs> don't do Not that. Either. You're <laughs> 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 no, feel, feel. Oh man, that's cool, y'all. Thank y'all for for indulging me. I got one more. It's more of a philosophical one um for you all. So what is the best piece of advice that you shared with someone? Or that someone share with you. And I'll let one of y'all take it away. Or if not, I can go first if y'all need time to think about it. First of all, I don't like thinking. So why'd you give us a philosophical uh, <laughs> question? Let me stop. Uh, I don't want to go first. My bad. I was just saying. I was just adding my little two cents. No, you're good. You're good. Let me ponder. I, I, I can go first. I, I can go. So um, for me, the best piece of advice that someone shared with me was back in grad school. Um, we were interviewing the former dean of students at Rowan University. Rest in peace, Dean Jones. Um, and he, we had a group project where we needed to interview somebody within our field um, and ask them, like, basically how they got there, what's their story, um, and like, what, what advice would they give? Um, throughout the conversation, he was kind of talking about, like, how he made it to his career path and how he, you know, worked in a bunch of different departments and um, met a bunch of different people and built his networks. The biggest piece of advice that he gave us um, during this group project when we were interviewing was to cast our net. Um, which is like, you know, like, don't be afraid to get involved with things. Don't be afraid to, you know, step into to new horizons and have new jobs, new opportunities. Um, and even not with like like work related. I even use that in my personal life, too. You know, like just trying new things like with the creation of this podcast and, um, you know, trying photography, a lot of different things. I'm just like, you know, just trying to continue to stimulate my mind. So I um, mean, I encourage my, my staff to do that as well. So just making sure that they're casting their net, not just, you know, putting themselves in a box. So. Um, I, that always stuck with me because although up since that point, you know, I've only worked in res life, I think now I'm looking at more of a career exploration, which would definitely go into our um, happiness conversation, too. But, yeah, I think that that's where that, that was probably the best piece of advice that I received. So um, that's a really good question. And I'm really thinking about that. But what comes to mind now is um, advice that I got several times from my mother actually growing up. And it was something that I always understood, like mentally, but like once you, you know, go through your chapters in life and your milestones, like those words kind of come back and hit home and you understand them. Um, but my mother used to always tell me when I was younger, like not everybody is a good person and not everybody has your best interest at heart. But that does not necessarily mean that they're a bad person. And I never really understood that. I never really understood that. Um, but now I do in the sense that like, there are individuals in this world that might then might not be ready to give you the energy that you need in your life or have your best interest at heart purely because like they don't got themselves together. So it doesn't mean any kind of malice towards you, but they don't have their own life together. Um, so you have to like navigate 
and and adjust your expectations of people so that you don't overpour your energy too much for others and um choose those that'll benefit you and give energy back into your life specifically mama knows best she knows best shout out to Kation's mom that's my mom too psych <laughs> <laughs> um Fuck niggas get money. I'm just playing. That ain't it. Um, (laughs) 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 No, but no, I really do like both of y'all. I think as part of like growing up, I think you do need to like constantly like cast a new net um, and like try try new things in life. And yeah, and growing up, you also see people's true colors. So it's like now everyone's going to have your best interests. I think mine that I can think of right now um there's plenty of plenty of good advice i guess people shared um with me over the years but the one that sticks out the most i guess is um dean thomas dean kimberly thomas thomas she told students to always fail forward and basically meaning that your fail your failures will always propel you forward um don't take them as an opportunity of, oh, dang, this is a bad, this is bad, or I made a mistake or anything like that. But just take it as a learning opportunity to help you grow. So I always kind of keep that in mind that, like, if I do fail at something, it's not really actually failing. Um, and I can learn from my mistakes. I can just, you know, take a step back, reevaluate what I did um, incorrectly, and then, you know, make those changes. And then, keep it pushing and keep moving forward because I think me personally I I'm hard on myself I may not show it sometimes um that I'm hard on myself but I'm definitely hard on myself I really don't need validation from other people the only person I'm trying to validate is myself the only person who I'm trying to prove wrong is myself and it may seem like I'm I, I'm, I'm trying to prove other people wrong or trying to get validation. But in reality, I'm trying to beat all the demons in my head. So I think failing forward is the best advice that I could get from someone. Wow, really heartfelt from both of y'all. You know, I think I definitely agree with you, Jarrell, in that, you know, especially us as black and brown men, like we got to have grace with ourselves because the world doesn't have grace for us, right? Like we are not allowed to to fail forward. We have to always be perfect for the most part. So now nah, I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Where that, that reminds me of the conversation we just had last episode with like imposter syndrome and having to overcome all these obstacles that are put in our way so that we can like present ourselves in our best light. Cause we always got like eyes on us. That's, that's real talk. Yeah. Cause I think as black men, black and brown men, like we're supposed to be like the head of the households and we're supposed to lead a community forward. So it's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. So giving us giving ourselves that grace and giving ourselves the opportunity to like fail and just reevaluate and just accept the fact that you're not perfect is always going to be something, Um, especially when the world is against you, or at least this country, at least. I don't know about the world, but whatever. Jero, can I ask you a quick personal question just because I'm getting to know you too? Yeah, what's up? Um, are you a firstborn or do you have siblings? Like what's your what's that situation look like? No, nah, I'm the middle child, so I have an older brother and a younger okay. brother. Okay. Um, gotcha. I'm the perfect one, but they are they're there. <laughs> we're, just cause James and I have had this conversation too, because we're both like firstborns in our family and like what that dynamic looks like. So now I was just interested. I mean <laughs> I mean I don't want to take away from the show, but I'll just say real quick. 
the way my family, I don't have a, I don't have a typical family. <laughs> I rather both of my brothers have um, learning disabilities, so it's it's difficult because my older brother doesn't act like an older brother. He acts more like a younger brother to me because he doesn't know how to actually be the older brother. So therefore, in my situation, I have to be the older brother to two people, mm. and one of them is older than me. One of them is five years older than me. So he, I should be looking up to him. But in reality, I think that he may be looking up to me. And it's a lot of pressure because my parents know that. My parents identified that years before I did. And they just never said, oh, hey, Jarrell, like, you know, your brothers, they both have learning disabilities. So therefore, you are by default the oldest in the family. So all the responsibility mm -hmm. goes towards you. So when my parents would go to work during the summertime, my older brother wasn't the one watching us. I was watching everyone in the house. I'm the one that's preparing the meals. I'm the one making sure that everyone is 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 getting ready or has everything in line. So it was like, yes, I'm the middle child. I'm the second born. I'm five years younger than my older brother, but in deep by default. I'm the oldest, so there's a pressure, and my parents are like expecting me to. When you gonna move us out the neighborhood? What? When did this become my responsibility? Type of thing. So it's like I, I see it, or like they're 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 waiting on me to be the the provider for my little brother because he can't live by himself. So when they get older and they can't no longer take care of him, I'm going to be the one who has to take care of him. And I'm the one that has to like find find places for him to live and make sure he gets fed and all that good stuff. But anyway, back to the podcast. <laughs> no, well, we're, no, I appreciate you sharing that for real. I appreciate you sharing. Just because like, as you were speaking, I heard that like, I heard a little bit of that weight of responsibility in your voice, which is something that resonates with me and James, like in the discussions that we've had. So it was just something that popped up in my mind. So it's very interesting. Like, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. No problem. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Jarrell. Yeah. And don't apologize either. Like this is this is our podcast. Like we, you know, we are we're all just having a conversation. And I think the more information the audience knows about about all of us, the the better our conversation is. You know, I think it just gets better reviews and you know, um being vulnerable in general, especially for us, is not something that, you know, that people do. I mean, I've Keisha and I talked about this on a couple a couple of episodes ago, you know, like we just aren't we just aren't privy to um to doing these things to like you know calling out like this is why i feel this way um but i'm gonna be good or making sure that we are okay so i'm not thank you for sharing that and i appreciate that no problem yeah so i mean i, and I think that's that's a perfect segue too into our conversation just about happiness so um as i stated you know this this the topic of our conversation will be centered around happiness and where you find it um, what you do with it, all those good things, because I think especially now, um, not just within this country, but in the world um, with COVID, with dealing with a host of different things. Right. People are struggling to find that happiness. And um, I, I've talked about happiness. It's in some respect um, in each episode. I think, Gerald, I referenced like your question of happiness versus money in my first episode. Um, Keisha and I talked about it briefly in the in the, the second episode. I mentioned it in my third one, and then the last episode, um, Keisha had like a really um, profound like discussion about it. Um, and I was like, we got to save this for another episode because I want to make sure we get everything, and I want people to really hear this because I think that this is something that can reach a lot of different people. So, um, yeah, without without further ado, Keisha, I kind of turn it over to you to you know ask any questions or provide any statements or anything, and then we'll, we can all just kind of just talk about it. Word. I don't even know how to start this. Um, it's just a lot. I'm trying to think right now. But I think 
a good start would just be rehashing like what your answers were just because I wasn't there for those conversations between you and Jarrell. So like, because I have my own answer to this question, but if you had to choose between money and happiness and what those two things mean to you, like what is your choice and why? Um, and I have my own answer, but I can go last. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. So when I posed the question to our, um, to our men's group, um, it was referencing between like a job, um, so I feel like there's layers to this question. So when it comes to a job, do I prefer money or happiness? And as of right now, in the the place that I'm in, I'm in in life, I'm going to choose the money because I need the money in order to do certain things and pay off certain things mm-hmm. and in life. So when it comes to my job, I'm going to choose the money right now. <laughs> um, and that's that's unfortunate. I'm not saying stay. I'm going to stay in a job that makes me completely unhappy, but the work. Just once again, me being transparent or whatever, um, I like working with new students, but I don't necessarily like what I'm doing because I left one job um, as a program coordinator, hiring students, selecting students, training students, um, all that good stuff. And I was leaving that position because I was tired of doing it and I wanted some growth. So now as assistant director of a program, I felt like I would have more responsibility and therefore I, I thought I wouldn't be doing the same thing. And I'm pretty much doing the same thing. The one thing that I didn't want to do anymore. Um, so that makes me unhappy. Um, I'm staying because, I mean, I, I, it's making me money. But if there's another opportunity that's going to make me more money, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. As far as life in general, if I already had the money, if I had a job that provided me, you know, the type of money that I really, really, really want. Um, I'm choosing happiness um, over it because I feel like money, money can buy you nice things, can get you the, you know, the nice apartment, nice house, nice cars, the trips, and everything. But what is all of that if the people that's that's in my life, it doesn't make me, you know, aren't there, and I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm now I'm just alone with all this money. Now what? Like, where's my happiness stemming from? Like, okay, I can, yeah, I can cry in this Bentley, but like, can I enjoy this with somebody? Like, yeah, I can go take vacations and trips. But what is the point if I can't sit here and I and, and have somebody enjoy it with me? So, in the case of like life in general, yeah, I I choose happiness over money, but. I mean, in the situation I am now, if it's a job, I'm choosing the money over the happiness within a job. Um, I know that wasn't the question, but you know, <laughs> I just feel like there's layers. <laughs> no, no, you could, you're not. This, this uh, yo, we got to get crying this Bentley on the next yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be on a t shirt or something. I don't like want to cry in my Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. No, nah, that was good, though. I think, and I, but I do agree with you, Jarrell. There are layers to it. And when you first posed that question, for me, I chose happiness. Because I'm happy right now in my place of employment and I wasn't happy before. Um, like I started off happy. I started off like, you know, this is a new territory for me. This is my first full time professional position. You know, I can do a lot of things. I can change things. I can, um, you know, empower students, all those different things. And once I started to work, I mean, we dealt with the host of issues as well, like that were external to um, our department. But like the culture in general was not set for people to thrive and be happy and, And all those different things. So for me, that next position, which is the position I'm currently working in as a resident director at the University of Maryland College Park, um, I'm a little bit happier here because I feel like I'm cared for by my supervisor, like I'm cared for by my department. Um, And for like, I I would I would love to make more money, 
but I think at this point in my life, I think the happiness piece is is what I'm looking for. Um, because in general, like I just want to be peaceful, right? I, I'm just I'm just a big fan of a peaceful life, and I know that for for me, money probably has something will probably add a little bit more to that piece as well. Um, but I, I get a lot of peace knowing that you know the job that I spend 40 hours a week at, you know, I can you know, I can do what I need to do and, and really encourage myself and my staff to do what they need to do. So um, I think talking about life, I think for me, it's half and half because once again, like I still I want to be happy doing what I'm doing, like being a father, being a married man. Um, those things make me happy. And also, you know, having a child and having a wife, it costs money. So, I mean, you know, I need those, I need that, too. So um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting question and it does have a lot of layers. And I think that, um, for me like that, the happiness piece right now is really what I'm looking for. Um, because we don't, we are not afforded that happiness in general throughout life. Um, and I'm sure many of us can pinpoint a bunch of older, um, black and brown men who, who may say that they're happy, but they're probably not happy with life. So I don't want to be that way when I'm 40 years old, like, you know, I hate my life. I'm bitter or, you know, this country, this and these kids, this and this is a different generation. And, you know, I don't want to be that person. Um, so, yeah, those are really good answers. And it makes me realize that, like, I have a lot going on in my head when I think about that question, but I really need to break it down by levels. Um, so I think on an on individual kind of level, in terms of me and my own job, I would definitely choose happiness in terms of like that culture of care that we've talked about. And like being a member of that culture of care and like pouring that energy into others, while also that energy being reciprocated back from your team, from your supervisors, all that good stuff. Um, and like if I was to go to another job that offered me more money, but like a lower culture of care, then that would impact my mental health and all around like happiness overall. So I would definitely choose happiness in my answer in that sense. But when I think about life and things on a grander scale, um, and like my observations of people and conversations I've had with other people, sometimes I think like the idea of happiness is like inflated a little bit. I don't want to say overrated, but I'll say inflated a bit just because like for me, I kind of like went on a whole tangent in the last podcast episode about this at the end. But I think happiness is a very fleeting thing and it needs to be like a perfect mix of like thoughts, feelings, mental health and circumstances um, as opposed to like being in a mindset of peace and peace can necessarily mean doesn't necessarily have to mean like you have like all the best things happening in your life right now. Like you on that world tour, you're on a trip, like you with your friends, like you at like a cool spot or whatever. Um, but just like being in your house and being able to breathe without, without those demons in your head. Um, that for me is like peace. And that for me is like what's underrated in society and holds more importance and happiness. And I think money is a very huge resource on the road to finding that peace for a lot of reasons. Um, I'm really on some higher ed stuff right now, but I'm thinking about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and like that first lay of just like straight up food, water, security, um, and having those safety needs kind of met and stuff, but also being able to ut utilize that resource for my loved ones to get my mother that house and to have resources for my own self to, to get better, like, you know, medical attention or like even like mental health professional attention, stuff like that. Um, and overall on like a macro kind of cosm, um, in terms of society, like I think when people are debating like money over happiness, like I'm pretty sure if you ask a dude on the street that's homeless, he's going to have a very different answer from somebody that's, you know, living a comfortable life with a comfortable salary. So my brain goes to all those different kind of places. But the ultimate thing that I wanted to pull from that um, is just like that conversation of happiness versus peace and how I think peace should be like more of the ultimate goal. 
think peace is always the ultimate goal. <laughs> um, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if you would have asked me this question or like in general, what does happiness mean to you? Like, how old am I? Oh, 12 years ago, <laughs> I would have been like, um, I would have had a completely different answer because I think back then, I think my 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 world was just limited and my term of happiness and my sense of happiness was was simple i think now as an adult um and then being in my 30s i'm like oh dang like i don't my happiness is completely different like you said uh like pete being at peace and i'm like being at peace loving loving what i'm doing loving the people that are around me, loving my circumstances. I wasn't thinking like that at 18. I was not thinking like that at 18. I was thinking happiness is fun. So you telling me, oh, you want to go to this bar? Well, I guess at 18, I wasn't going to no bar. But you want to go to this movie? Or you want to go to this? You got it on record. Uh, first of all, 18, I even had no money to go to no bar. Um, but like, Oh, you want to go to the mall? You want to go to the movies? Like that was my happiness. Like, but at thirty, I'm like, no, <laughs> I can. What? That's that's every other day. <laughs> like, I need I need more. What what is what's gonna bring me happiness? Like, what are the things that I want out of this life? If I were to die right now, and then my spiritual self is looking down on my dead body, what am I? Am I gonna say, did you live a happy life, Jarrell? I'm like. Hell no. Like, I was depressed since 13. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, I wasn't happy. And I was kind of like searching for what this, what this term happiness means to me and how do I fulfill it? And how do I, how do I get out my own head to search for that happiness and obtain this happiness um, that, that I'm looking for, this personal happiness? Nah, you, you definitely said it, Jarrell. Um, and I think, too, like just adding on to that. I think the the peace part is definitely something that I think we all seek, whether we have that money or whether we have that happiness, um, especially like like I just keep going back to our identities, because for me, like it's just really relatable because once again, happiness is just not afforded to us. Um, and, and like a quick example about that, right, is like when people meet me, right, like they, they see I'm very happy, very jovial um, and, and they think that it's it comes off fake, right? Because I'm a, I'm a black man and I'm happy. And it's just like, nah, like I'm, I'm genuinely happy to be alive right now because the odds are stacked against me. Like I can be dead in jail or in the gang right now. You know, like I, I could, I could any of those things, but instead I'm working in higher education, educating the youth. Um, so I think for me, like it's, it's really like we're, we are not afforded that opportunity to be happy or to at least try to find things that make us happy. And, like you said, Jarrell, you know, if you were to ask me, you know, 10 years ago what the happiness was, it, it would have been, you know, going to movies or, you know, wh- whatever that may be. But I think now and that, and that may change like decade to decade. Right. As you encounter more people or you learn some things about yourself or, you know, um, you start a life with someone, um, have kids, all those different things. Like they change your outlook on what happiness looks like, what peace looks like, what is like how much money you need to do things. Um, but yeah, I think y'all, y'all really pose some, some good examples and some good statements. The one thing you said, James, was very um, interesting just because, um, for people like assuming or thinking that you're like being fake happy or whatever, I know you, and I know that you are genuinely a very happy person. You're trying to share that energy with others, but I do know other people that kind of like 
exemplify that toxic kind of happiness and like that constant kind of joy to the point where it's a little toxic where it's like if somebody's having a bad day or they're having like a bad mental health day it's almost like yo why are you killing my vibe right now with all that when it's perfectly okay not to be okay um so i think that kind of goes to my thoughts on like that inflation of happiness and how it's always important to project that kind of energy but that can be a little toxic as well um there's a uh, some stuff I was reading online just in preparation for this. And like I, I came across an article that talked about like how if a person's objective in life is to be happy and that is what they seek, the result is actually less happiness because they're always chasing some intangible, invisible kind of like angle. And like they're never going to reach that. Like once they get that promotion or once they get to the next job, their mind is automatically on that next step and on the next step, um, which kind of takes away from like being in the present moment and like being grateful for your things. Um, but that like, conceptual idea of what happiness is and people chasing that I think is very toxic. Um, and it, and that same article talks about people that like have different kinds of values in life and like how they live in their truth and they live in the present moment and they live to like foster relationships and community with other people end up being more happy. But in that sense, like their own happiness is not like the objective. It is like a bunch of other things that lead to happiness. Um, so I think like there's very much a difference in those kinds of things and, and, Thinking about like how it's okay to talk, how it's okay to like have bad days, how it's okay to be vulnerable, especially as men of color, um, and how sometimes other people want to like not give you the space to like not be okay. I, I, that's that's what I think about when I think about like that toxic or that fake kind of happiness. I mean, I will I will also say, Case, you can attribute that that quote to money as well. You know, like you you're always gonna want to make more money. You know, you get that million dollars and then it's gone, or you just like I can use a little bit more money. Like I thought this when I was an undergrad. Like, I thought the salary that I'm making now was a lot of money. Period. I, th- I was like, I'm going to be out here balling. I'm going to get that. I'm going to cry in my Bentley, all of that. <laughs> but what I, well, now that I'm working, I'm like, it's just not it's not hitting the same that it hit when I was poor. The money like, ain't money, <laughs> man. Like, it's really just not. So I'm going to think money, right? Like, you you know, you make this salary, now you need more money. You make more money, now it's like, it's like more money, more problems. So, Yeah. No, I feel that. I definitely think that also is attributed to like your own personal values and your own goals. Like I don't have like, I'm not, I don't have aspirations to like own a mansion and have like 75 floors and a bunch of maids in my house. Like I will really be cool chilling with a nice little three bedroom, whatever house. And my biggest goal is that I can just afford to feed my family and for my family to be right in the future. Um, And like, I think I can reach like a finite amount of money, but I do also know that there are individuals who like when they got some, they want more. And when they get more, they want even more. Um, so just making sure that you have your own kind of goals, like professionally and personally in line, I think is important for that. Man, I love that. I love how you, how you don't want a big house. That is, that is, I wish that is something that I could say for myself. Big house means more to clean. (laughs) (laughs) See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In my, in Jarrell's brain. I just want my five bedroom, forty million dollar house that that has a pool and it's a modern house and the 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 kitchen can open up to my backyard. That's all I want. Is that and it's a smart house. That's all I want. That's all I want in life. It, can I get that? Like I just I, I and the maze will clean it. I ain't got to I ain't got to do nothing. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you um, Kachin, you mentioned uh the, that article, dang. I should have wrote it down. Um, oh yes, see that's that's what I'm learning. Like growing up, with happiness is like like I be I used to like look towards the future and everything, and not living in the present moment. Like oh, I needed to have this 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 this, and it's kind of like well, 
can you stop and smell the roses? Can you please just appreciate the little shit that you have? Like, so that's why I try to like now growing up, I'm like, oh, let me just be grateful that I got this apartment. Yeah, this shit is expensive. Yeah, it's $1,700. Yeah, I live in here by myself. But like, at least I can afford it. At least I have my own space. At least, you know, yeah, I don't have a living room set yet, but at least I got some, at least I got a roof over my head. Like just enjoying the fact that I can do the things because a lot of my friends cannot because a lot of my friends do do have roommates or they're splitting bills with somebody else because they can't afford to live on their own or whatever. And I'm like, well, at least I, I can do these things. Now, am I doing all the extra shit? Like going on trips every weekend like I used to? No, uh, but... <laughs> I am happy and grateful that I have my own space and that um, that I can enjoy it. And, you know, I enjoy the little things now, I guess, um, versus when I was a kid, um, wanting all the bigger things. But that does not neglect the fact that I still don't want my $40 million house. Um, mm. But now in my head, I'm like, okay, you need to lower that $40 million down to at least $4 million. $4 million seems way more attainable than $40 million. But one day I'm gonna get that four million dollar house. One day. Where no, I feel that that I, that kind of reminds me of something else. That I mean, I've seen this on like YouTube and like TV and stuff. But um, story and just to be like devil's advocate for my own self. But people that have like won the lottery or have like been in like households with the millions, with the billions, or whatever, and how some of those people have even taken their lives away or like they're just like very depressed. Um, and that's kind of crazy to me because I'll be swimming in that money like Duck McScrooge or whatever his name is. Scrooge like, McDuck, like, yes, period. There you go, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I switched it. But yeah, like I would that would really like set me up. But I think it's because like coming from the a low SES background, coming from nothing, see how much like my money was like saving pennies just to like make sure that we had everything that we needed. Not everything we wanted, but everything that we at least needed. All the sacrifices she made and like how much like poverty affects the livelihood of so many people including my loved ones but like people in like communities that we come from that's why i place like so much money as a resource and as a tool to achieve happiness but that's because i know what it feels like to not have it as opposed to maybe individuals that have always had that their value systems might not be set up in the same way so they they they, they reach it for something else they reach it for something different um and I also with myself and with that happiness, like I can attribute my own personal happiness with a lot of other things outside of money and outside of my job. Like I gain a lot of happiness from the relationships that I have kept and fostered from James and from my best friends and from meeting new people like me and you, Jarrell. Like this is really cool. Like I gain happiness from building those connections personally. And I also have a sense of happiness overall in terms of like gratitude and for my life and within like a spirituality kind of context. Um, I was raised in like the church setting and I don't necessarily subscribe to those doctrines anymore, but I do have my own personal um, sense of faith and sense of spirituality that connects me to like having gratitude in life and being thankful for having like another chance to breathe today because a lot of other individuals didn't wake up today, like stuff like that. Like I, I can, I can pull from different sources and from different pillars to support that overall sense of happiness. That's not just money or my job. Can I navigate real quick a little bit? away from yeah, go ahead. Do you think? uh as i as we're as we're talking about happiness and how you how you um spoke about uh basically relationships um in that aspect i think a lot of what my happiness came from well why why i lacked happiness was my image of family um 
my family is not as close <laughs> as most families should be. Like most families are, I should say. Well, well, I think a family should be, I should say, rather than most families. Um, and because I used to watch TV a lot, and I used to be in this whole fantasy world of like. Oh, that's so Raven. Their family is just so loving. Or Lizzie McGuire, their family is just so loving. Or Fresh Prince, they're just family is just so loving. They all seem so happy. And I'm gonna use my example of my best friend. Like I used to see his family all the time and be like, that's how I want my family to be. Like they all get along. They all are like happy. They don't argue with each other. It's just amazing. And like going to my house, like my mama yelling at me because I'm in trouble or um, I hear my parents arguing with each other or me and my brothers are arguing with each other. And it's like, this cannot be happiness. Like, what is this? I am miserable living in this house. Like, I hate it. I don't like it or anything like that. And then growing up and understanding, like, you don't know what happens behind closed doors, Jarrell. So your your form of happiness is skewed because one, you're you're seeing what other people are showing you for one, two, you're imit- you're trying to imitate something that you see on TV that is fictional. These families are not real, <laughs> so of course they're gonna look happy and look perfect. But that's you should not dictate your happiness based off of that. Your happiness is come in be- like from within, and like you need to create this happiness that you want. If you want this happy family, like this loving happy family, create it. Go do it. Go go get along with your brothers, Jarrell. Go get along with your parents, Jarrell. Like you want your your connections with your cousins, go do that. I mean, go have fun. Go go enjoy it and live in a moment and stop trying to mimic what other people have and create it. And I think that took a long time for me to actually realize. Um I'm pretty sure it took me at least 28 years, 28, 28 and a half years to figure that out. Um, that I was living in some fantasy world in my head. And I'm like, Life is not a movie because even when it came down to my relationships, um, quote unquote relationships, they're not real relationships. They're more like situationships, but whatever. Oh, um, situationships. You know about those two? <laughs> that's all I be having is situationships. These niggas don't want to date me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> fuck niggas get money. Um, but <laughs> uh, like, I always think like my life is like a rom-com. Like, oh, we're going to meet inside. We're going to glance. We're going to look at each other in our eyes. We're going to see each other in a coffee shop. And then he just going to magically like say, oh, you're handsome. And the next thing you know, I'll be like all blushing and all googly-eyed and all this other stuff. And then we ain't never going to see each other again. And then we randomly see each other in the grocery store. And now all of a sudden we dating and then we're going to fall out with each other. And then we're going to get back together and we live happily ever after. That's what I thought life was. And my therapist said, that ain't how that goes. And it always is like, she said, sometimes it does go like that, but uh, not necessarily. So she said, you need to create your own happiness. You need to find what happiness means to you. And that's when I started like diving deep into who I was as a person. I'm like, what makes you happy? What do you want out of relationships? Whether that relationship is with someone romantically, a platonic relationship, relationship with your family. Like what does these relationship with a coworker, what does it, what does happiness mean in all those aspects? And I had to like sit back and figure that out. Um, don't ask me what that is. Cause I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm still trying to define it. Um, which is why I created my podcast. But anyway, that's fair. Um, Jarrell, like you, you, you mentioned a lot and I, I'm trying to remember like, <laughs> like I think the first thing, no, 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 no. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because um, you mentioned some really good things, especially with the family piece, right? Like finding that, like creating, do, doing that in, internal 
stuff to make sure you're creating that happy family, right? Or to reaching out to your cousins or, um, you know, talking to your parents more, talking to your brothers more, all those different things. Um, so like you, you mentioned that for me, like even had me thinking too, because growing up, my family was like really tight knit where like both sides of my family would have family reunions and, you know, we would get to meet our cousins from down South and all those different things. Um, but as like the, the children got older and as like the matriarchs and patriarchs, I began to, um, you know, like I get sick and everything. We kind of lost that that family like tight knit groupness, um, and for me, like that's that's what I that's what I want too. So that's why I wanted to like bring that up because you really mentioned a good point. And I think like creating that that strong family, creating a family that's like happy and that can like talk to each other. Um, like my my wife's like her her um her family like they they talk a lot. You know, like they she, she they they will have um dinners and lunches and. Um, you know, we'll celebrate holidays with them. And I think that's really that that's really amazing because I I'm looking for something like that. I would want something like that to happen in the future. But also, you know, like life, like your therapist said, like that, that ain't happening sometimes. Like life is not a fairy tale. And sometimes um it doesn't work out like that, but you could still put in that work to make sure that it does. Yeah, just a comment on what you were sharing too, Jarrell. Like there was a lot there that like resonated with me. Um, one of the first things was just like basing your expectations of life on tv especially being like a little kid growing up in like low ses trauma poverty all the works like you tend to like lean into escapism and for me that was like television or like the fantasy stories of other people and you kind of grow up with those things like implicitly in the back of your head and i always thought that like either like intimate relationships or friendships or like family kind of relationships um, I kind of had that like, you know, ending, beginning, like beginning, middle, ending, happily ever after type of mindset, but life doesn't work that way. And then you just learn that as you grow up. But I have found in a similar sense of what you shared about um, that sometimes you kind of have to be that change within yourself and, and seek that out. Um, like, for example, I grew up with just my mother and my sister and I didn't grow up with my father. Um, and for a long time, like I harbored like certain feelings about that, like growing up as a man without a man to raise me and learning what it meant like to be a man um, and like not falling within certain generals and yada, 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 all that good stuff. But um, now that I'm a grown man and and I am thinking about the past and thinking about what I want my future to be like, I have the self-autonomy to go and pick up a phone and hit him up. Or like when I'm around family, he's in the area, I could swing by and just chop it up and it might not be exactly what I wanted in childhood and it might not be that fairy tale, but there's something sweeter in the sense that like I have the awareness of what's happening and I'm the one that's putting forth energy and I'm the one that's trying to be an agent of change within that relationship. Um, and so to expand on that too, like I'm trying to make sure that I carry my energy and try to influence circumstances around me in that family kind of situations or in my workplace situations and try to be somebody that adds to that culture of care or even in my relationships and stuff. So I think like being the person that tries to create situations of happiness, especially like when you start from zero, um, I think that like, talks about a person's resilience. I think it talks about a lot about their self-awareness um, and it just shows your character too. Cause you just don't know what, what that happiness is. Cause you don't know what that, that feeling feels like. Cause although I grew up with my father I, my father wasn't the type of dad that was going to go out and be like, oh, let's go play football, Jarrell. Like, what? <laughs> my father was going to sit his ass <laughs> on the couch and watch TV from after his long day of work. And it's kind of like, well, you here, but, like, you're not really here. Like, it's like, so now as 
now since I'm, a, I'm an adult and I'm out of their house, like I'm a little bit happy and satisfied with both of my parents because it's kind of like okay, I can talk to talk to y'all. Like, granted, my dad is forgetful. He don't he don't remember shit that I said to him like yesterday. Um, but it's like I could talk to him about like, hey, dad, like I'm thinking about like buying a house. Like, what is well in five years? Like, what is what does that process look like? Like, we can have those conversations. It's like it brings me happy. It makes me happy because. Um, now we have like a relationship that we didn't have in the past. And the same thing with my mom, um, because when I told my mom that I was gay, it was a whole situation and I almost cussed her out, but it was just a whole situation. It's kind of like, well, now she's more acceptance of my sexuality. And it's kind of like, that makes me a little bit happy. So hmm, we can check that little tally off the little box, um, to, to find this complete happiness that I that I am trying to find um, that I will never actually achieve because you can't achieve what you know. I guess complete happiness. Oh, you just you just you're just happy. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Everyone has their own level of what happiness looks like and what that that meter is. Um, I guess complete happiness will mean joy, but that's from a religious standpoint. But I'm not gonna dive into that. But. Uh, I just wanted to throw that. I just wanted to say that little tidbit um, after hearing you speak about your father. And and I, and I think too with both of y'all, right? I mean, this even in my experience too. Um, and and really, a lot of people who are able to kind of move away from home for a little bit and also gain some knowledge and you know get older in age. Um, like one thing my my therapist told me is that you can't heal in the same environment that you're hurting in. Right. And sometimes, especially in black and brown homes, like that's where we're doing the most hurting, but we can't talk about it. Right. We have to wait until we're older or um, people don't really take your depression and anxiety serious. You know, go go depress them dishes, all that stuff like, you know, hey, I think, yo. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, <laughs> like you, you like once again, we cannot afford to be depressed or anxious or 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 happy or anything like that. So. Um, it's just funny that you bring that up, that y'all bring that up, like talking about your parents, right. And just about family values, because I think as you grow up and you're, and you kind of step out of that environment, like you're allowed to see your parents and your family members as human. Right. And I think for like, just in my experience, like I've been able to see my parents as just humans who make, who make mistakes just like I do. Um, so like now I'm able to have more conversations with them, similar to you, Jarrell, where like I can be honest or. Um, I can talk to them about certain things that I wasn't able to talk to them about, you know, 10, 10 years ago or so, um, because I'm now, now I'm an adult. Like now I understand what's going on in life a little bit more. Um, and, and they see me as a responsible person. So I think that comes with a lot of like learning, a lot of growth. Um, and ultimately like you got to move out of your environment, right? You got to move out of your home to like really experience and understand those things because you don't see it from when you're inside, but when you're the outside looking in, you're like, okay. This is maybe why my mother was acting this way. This is maybe the reason why my father was acting this way. And like you do a whole reevaluation of your childhood and like things that you did and like why you did it. And like it's 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 a journey. Right. And you just continue that throughout life. So I appreciate y'all for bringing that up because that, that's what it definitely brought to mind for me. Man, who has the time of like who said that growing up was going to be difficult? Like, why do we even have to think of this hard to even grow up? Like. It shouldn't it's even the be title of the podcast. Nobody told me about. Nobody <laughs> told me about exactly, exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. Y'all. That was a really good, um, really good way to kind of bring that up, because I think, like I said, I, I don't the majority of our audience um, are like younger people within their ages of like 20 to 30. Um, so I think this is probably something that they could also resonate with, too. So, yeah. Hey man, and this just makes me excited for the future, though, because like being able to have these conversations and like resonate with y'all like other young men of color that are professionals and we all like are navigating our lives but we can all connect in certain aspects it gives me hope because like that just means change for the future and just within this family conversation too like being able to break those generational curses and like create new cycles for the future i think will ultimately lead to like happiness for my children and like you know what that means for them and and creating like a different kind of household and a different kind of model um, so that's my hope for the future other than making that couple million dollars. So, yeah, <laughs> no, nah, that's a fact, Joe. That's a fact. So, yeah, y'all, um, I, I think we've had a, a really good discussion. So I wanted to kind of turn it over to either one of y'all to see if y'all had like anything else y'all wanted to kind of mention or talk about that y'all wanted to kind of stress to um, the audience as it kind of close out this episode. Um, I have something on my mind um, in case you want to go, Jero. Oh, no, you Gucci. You can go. Word, word, word. So, I mean, I think in like in terms of like closing this out, and I think it's a good, a good closing piece. Maybe we could talk about some of the things that like we are currently grateful for in our lives, because something that I practice, I try to practice as frequently as I can, especially in those moments of stress or like those moments of depression is to sit down and think about like, what are the things that I'm currently grateful for? Um, and those things kind of pull me out of the rut that I'm in or the funk that I'm in. And I think being able to identify what you're grateful for, like having that kind of gratitude is a good catalyst for like happiness in the moment. Um, so for me, I'm grateful for this conversation and I'm grateful to have met you, Jarrell, and to learn a little bit more about you. And I'm excited to like learn about more about you in the future. Um, I'm excited that, you know, we have this platform that like we can share these feelings about. And hopefully this resonates with whoever's listening. Um, and I'm excited for the fact that I have breath today and I can breathe another day when other individuals are not so fortunate. And grateful for my family and the fact that I am getting a paycheck right now and can pay bills at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm grateful for a lot of things. And those are things that kind of get blurred into the background when you kind of like are battling off those demons in your head and dealing with the mental health. But uh, I got to make sure that like I shed some light on that now and again. No, nah, that, that's nice, Keish. And I think for me, um, I'm definitely grateful for my health. That's the number one thing, just being able to be alive and um, you know, share these topics with the both of you. I, I knew this was going to be a good episode, so thank y'all. I, I really appreciate it because I think um, y'all both had some really great things to discuss. So I'm definitely thankful for this episode. And um, the goal is that, you know, we reach as many people as we can who, you know, who are maybe home this summer um, after like college or those who are like in their later adult years who are really still seeking that happiness and where it comes from. Um, so genuinely thankful for this podcast and this episode. Um, I'm thankful for family. Um, you know, like I, I get a lot of, like I, I told y'all earlier, like get a lot of peace within my family. Um, I'm thankful for, you know, my job because I get peace from my job as well. And I genuinely love what I do. Um, it's a great joy to kind of, to talk with students um, in August, right? And, and get their minds and, and understand what they're going through and how we're going to get from point A to point B. And seeing how much they've grown um, once they hit May, whether that's them graduating in May or, you know, they're going back home and prepping for the summer or um, going on study abroad trips, whatever that may be. So thankful for my job because I could really I really feel like I'm impacting, um, you know, students and hopefully they, they do the same and just kind of pay it forward. 
um, yeah, I'm thankful for for those things. Kaishin, I guess James didn't tell you I'm not sentimental. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I I appreciate it. Um, it has been a pleasure uh, getting to know you as well. Um, I think the things that I'm grateful for are the people in my life. Um, let's see. <laughs> I should. I feel like I should be great, grateful for a lot of things. Um, but I guess I'm. I guess I'm working through it uh, because, I, as I mentioned, like I suffer from depression, so it's very hard sometimes to figure out what I'm grateful for. Um, but the opportunity to have a job. Um, to have a car, a place to live, food to eat, um, food to eat that lasted me an entire month. That is a good thing. Um, and hopefully a, a job that can, that can last throughout this recession that we're going to be in. Um, so yeah, those are some things that I'm grateful for. Well, oh, go ahead, Gage. I got you. No, no, I just appreciate you sharing that. Um, and again, oh, that's it's definitely vulnerable to talk about those kinds of things. And it kind of just reminds me of what I was saying about how sometimes even in my darker moments, like all those things that I listed, like they feel a little far or a little out of reach. Um, but I think that's part of the process and why like happiness is never just like a finish line and an attainable, like tangible goal. Like you need other things that you have to work forth with and, and something, you know, and it's okay to not be okay. And, and, you know, it's okay for us to talk about that. So I appreciate you sharing. Period. Well, y'all heard it here first. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nobody Told Me About podcast. Thank you all um, for listening. Um, hopefully, if you are a person who has returned to this episode, hopefully you come back. Um, if not, it's A-OK. Um, once again, I'll pass it over to Jarrell to plug his podcast. Even if you took a break, Jarrell, I still want to give you that, that, that energy back. So go ahead. I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, as I mentioned, yeah, I am. I am taking a break. I'm reevaluating my life um, and my technology um, that I have because that's the real that's the real setback. Um, but you can catch or listen to guys talk to that's T double O um, wherever you listen to your podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. I think it's on Amazon Prime. As not Amazon Prime. What is it called? Amazon Podcast or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Amazon podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's on there as well. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's just me, um, in my journey through pretty much my thirties and what that looks like. Um, I'm not really searching for anything, but just searching, um, just growing up and growing pains. Sure. And on that note, I'm gonna go cry in my Subaru right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, Subaru is almost a Bentley. <laughs> well, thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all have a wonderful day.